Welcome to Grace Church's podcast. Thank you for joining us. The following episode was recorded live during our Sunday service. Sermon notes can be found online at grace417.com. great to be here this morning. Good morning. Thank you for all being here this morning. If you're a guest with us, we're honored that you would share this Sunday with us. Welcome. So I got to read a book um, several years back. Um, It's called Love and Respect. It's by a gentleman by the name of Dr. Emerson Igrix. And um, I actually read it as a a premarital counseling exercise with my then fiance, Marky. And it, it was very interesting. Um, it was a very interesting book. Um, it's, its target audience is couples. It's designed to um, help couples communicate better, to understand one another better. Um, but it's definitely good just to understand the concept of healthy relationships. Um, and so my takeaway from the book, and, and Dr. Emerson can kick in the door and tell you all I'm wrong, and that would be his right as the author. But what I took away from it was um, that the concepts of love and respect are very important. And, and they're very important for both men and women. But in general, and I know general, generalizing can be dangerous, um, and they're not always true, but in general, women tend to react more and be more positively affected by love, and men tend to react more and be more positively affected by respect. And the converse is true. When there's conflict, women tend to be more, to feel more unloved, and men tend to feel more disrespected. Um, and it was really interesting to read through it. And, and honestly, when I was initially reading through it, I didn't agree with it. I, I didn't buy it. And I was just like, why just because we argue would my significant other, my, my now wife, feel like I don't love her? Like, we've been through all this together and we've grown really close in this relationship. And I really didn't necessarily completely agree with it. And we sat down and started talking through it with the, the previous associate pastor that was here. And Marky was like, yeah, this is exactly right. And I was like... I didn't realize that. And I realized about myself that it was also true for me. When, when we had an argument or a fight, I often felt disrespected. I felt slighted. I didn't feel like she didn't love me anymore, but I did feel like she wasn't respecting my opinion or my stance on it. And so I learned a lot. I learned a lot about my significant other. I learned a lot about myself. Um, and, and I definitely recommend the book to, to anyone who's interested in learning more about those things. But Something I think is really interesting about the concept of love and respect is that in the Bible, it says that, that God created both men and women in his own image. And a lot of times when we talk about God in the Bible, we talk about him, we talk about the father, and we talk about him as though he's male, and he's not. He created both men and women in his own image, which means all of the, the attributes of both men and women are encapsulated in God. He is the summation of both male and female. And, and I feel like a lot of times we think of him as a dad, as a male, um, but and, and dads are great. You know, in general, we think about dads, we think about courage and strength and bravery and, and things like that. And, but when we think about moms, we think about comfort and, and warmth and support and love. And, and again, generalizations, not that women can't be brave and strong and, and men can't be loving and comforting, but those are the, the, the general things that we think about in those. And, and, and God is both of those things. He's the summation of that. And so I think it's really interesting, this this concept of love and respect. Um, When I was in college, in in Bible college, there was a debate that was going on on my campus, and and it's been going on forever, but specifically it was going on about worship songs. 
Um, the song, How He Loves, had just come out. And if you don't recognize that song by its title, um, it's got a line in it that says, heaven meets earth like an unforeseen kiss. And it was the opinion of some people at my college that contemporary worship songs were pushing the relationship between the worshiper and God to an almost romantic level. And that it was beginning to become disrespectful because we weren't recognizing the honor and the respect with which we have to carry whenever we talk to God. And the other side of the coin felt like the relationship with God should be very loving. God refers to the church as his bride, um, his first love in some of the New Testament books. And, and so this question of where is the balance? At what point do we find that we're being too respectful and, and we're losing connection to the love? And, and at what point do we become too focused on the love and lose connection to respect? And, <clears throat> and as we look at the Bible, it's very interesting. We see both of those very specifically talked about and very specifically called out for us to do both of those things. And, and obviously we love God. God's done more for us than we could ever repay him for. He met us in our darkest hour um, and, and supported us. He sent his only son to die for us so that when one day we pass away, we can be entered into heaven as forgiven. He's done something for us that we could never thank him enough for or, or repay to him. Um, but at the same time, we respect God. You know, when we teach our children about church and about prayer and about reading the Bible, we talk about being respectful, being reverent. Um, fear of the Lord was a very common phrase for a long time. Um, and we don't use it as much anymore um, just because when, when we think of the word fear, when I think of the word fear, I think of when I'm, I'm playing Frisbee with my four-year-old Aiden and he's getting ready to throw it and I realize I'm entirely too close. And suddenly I have fear for my bodily safety. And obviously, that's not the fear that we're talking about there. Um, if you guys missed um, Dan Jones' sermon a couple weeks ago, I highly recommend listening to it um, either online or on the, through the app. He talked about what translators do and how the work that they go through to try to pick their best words to, to make a translation make sense to an individual. So another defini definition of fear is awe and respect and honor. And, and obviously, that's, that's the fear of the Lord that we're talking about um, in this particular case. But the fear of the Lord that we do have is, is recognizing God's power. It's recognizing his authority, his goodness, who he is compared to who we are, how good he is and, and how imperfect we are as humans. It's recognizing the fact that we as the defendants are guilty and, and it would be within the rights of the judge to sentence us to separation from him. But because of grace, he welcomes us into paradise with him, and we're found forgiven. We're found innocent, despite the fact that we're imperfect. And so we have these two concepts of love and respect. And in the Bible, we have several instances where we see individuals meeting up with angelic beings. And almost always, the first thing out of the being's mouth is, do not be afraid. Which, which tells us that coming into contact with that power and that majesty is a fearful event, and it does inspire that sort of, of reaction. But we as humans have to find that balance of love and respect, in, at least in my opinion. And, and love, I think, is a little easier to grasp. Um, Jesus in the New Testament is asked, what's the greatest commandment? And, and he tells them that, that you would... Love God with all, your soul, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And, and the, the second is like this, that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. Love is very apparent. Um, in John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. You know, love is right up top. That one, I think, is a little easier for us to recognize. But I think, 
I think respect is just as important. I mean, the person that we're talking about is the omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent creator of the universe, the, the, the one who destroyed, almost destroyed the world with a cataclysmic flood, which every major society that exists that we've discovered throughout history has a flood story. Science supports the idea that, that yes, at one point in time, there was a massive planet-altering flood. We're talking about the person that sent the 10 plagues to Egypt, that struck Ananias and Sapphira dead when they tried to lie to the church in Acts. We're talking about the same God that sent two bears to maul a group of children when they made fun of Elisha in 1 Kings. We don't talk about that one a lot. Uh, you don't talk about a verse that inspires respect to your elders. There's a missed opportunity there. They don't, they don't share that one in children's church very often. And I'm just saying, it would, it would inspire some kind of fear. So when I was in college, this debate was going on uh, of where are the lines? Where are the lines of love and respect? How do we show God the respect that he deserves while still having the love for him that we need? And, and the fear of, of the one group on the respect side was if we don't respect God, we make church cheap and, and honor whimsical. We, we downplay the majesty of God. And obviously, we don't want to do that. But on the opposite side, people would say if, if we respect and honor God to the point of a fault, the, the relationship becomes dry and legalistic and loveless. And, and that's really not the relationship that we want with God either, which is why I think it has to be a balance. It has to be a pairing of the two. Um, and, and I think we should love God. We should feel personally connected to him um, in in. Psalms, we see a lot of songs and poems from David where he just gushes about the love that he has for God. In Psalms 103, for example, it says, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and do not forget how kind he is. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He keeps me from the grave and blesses me with love and mercy. He fills my life with good things so that I stay young and strong like an eagle. Love is definitely there, but so is respect. We, we have to recognize and respect God's authority, the, the power that, that he has over our lives. Um, we talk about, when we're, when we're talking about kids, we talk about respecting authority, your teachers and police officers, and these people are given authority and we respect them the way we respect God's authority, that, that they have authority over us because he has given it to them. In Exodus chapter 20, we have a story of Moses receiving the Ten Commandments from the mountain, from, from the hand of God himself. And the, and the verse that I want to read is starting in verse 18. It says, When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, Speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. So we've got these two sides of love and respect. And, and I think if we err too far on the love side, we begin to treat God like a pet. He's something that brings us joy. We love to be around it. It makes us happy. And, and there's a lot of energy and, and excitement there. Um, but but we, can, we can definitely 
lose sight of, of the power and the authority that he has over our lives. If we err too far on this side, we can begin to look at God as an authoritarian, uh, maybe even a cruel one, where we begin to live in fear of our own humanity, knowing that someday we're going to blow it and that God upstairs might be holding lightning bolts, waiting to charge us as guilty. And, and so we, I think we have to find a way to balance these two, to both recognize God's authority over our lives, to try to live lives that honor him and respect him and, and live up to the, the commandments and, and the, the guidelines of our lives that he has given us. But at the same time, understand when inevitably we blow it because we're imperfect and human, that his mercy and his grace and his love will scoop us back up and put us on solid ground and say, you know what? I think you're getting better. You're going to make it next time. I'm rooting for you. And I think that's the balance we have to have. Yes, there's conviction and, and there's a call to live a life of, of expectation. But at the same time, there's mercy and forgiveness and love on this side. He, he's the perfect example of a good parent, right? A good parent loves their kids. They hug them and they hold them and, and they lavish all the joy and love that they have for them. But at the same time, they're prepared to discipline that same child if, if they step out of, out of the guidelines of the rules. Uh, my four-year-old Aiden is, is struggling with discipline right now. He's, he's four, and he's, he's pushing to see where his boundaries really are. And he's finding out sometimes, very abruptly, where they end. And he and I got into an argument last week, and I, I don't remember what it was about. But before it was over, he ended up getting a SWAT. And so he's crying. We were getting ready to go somewhere, and I loaded him up in the car. And we're driving, and he's... he's saying stuff. Sometimes some of it I can't understand because he's crying. And in the middle of it, he's, he like makes an, a realization and he says, you hurt me. Do you realize you hurt me? <laughs> and I said, yes, I do. Swats are supposed to hurt. And he went, you meant to hurt me? And he just burst into tears and he was just totally inconsolable for like two minutes. And, but when he calmed down, I, I talked to him and I said, yes, SWATs are supposed to hurt. SWATs are supposed to help us the next time that comes up to not make that choice. When we realize we have these two options to choose to listen, to follow rules. Um, the other thing that we talk about a lot is I don't want him to be in trouble. It is a serious inconvenience for me when he is in trouble. And, and I would much rather him not get swats or grounded or whatever. I like playing video games. When he gets grounded from video games, it's kind of a bummer for me. And I remember my dad telling me that as a kid, saying, I don't like it when you're in trouble. And I'm like, you've got the power. Like, we could fix this right now. Like, I don't want to be in trouble. You don't want me in trouble. Let's work this out. But what, what we fail to realize as kids is it's the task of that parent to help us understand the rules and how to operate inside of them. That when we choose to operate outside of the rules, there are consequences to them. And as we get older, those consequences become more serious. The stakes in the game are much higher. And if we don't learn from swats and groundings as children, we can pay a much, much higher price later on in our lives. So I don't know what, what side of this you're on when you think about your own life, but I would encourage you to think about it, this scale of, of love and respect and, and where the balance in them is. Um, if you're not a Christian today, um, I would definitely encourage you to, to talk to somebody about that. Um, it, it's an amazing journey. It will take you places. I, I can't tell you where those places are because it's different for everyone. Um, but if this is something that you're interested in learning more about, um, if you know someone here, by all means, talk to them about it. Um, we can get you connected to somebody. If you don't 
don't know anyone here and you'd like to talk to somebody, somebody like myself or David who introduced me would be happy to, to sit down and talk with you a little bit about this and see if this is a journey that you're ready to start. But if you are a Christian, I encourage you to look at your own relationship with God, to pray about it and to think about it, to see where on this scale are you. Um, maybe talk to spouses or, or a close Christian friend and ask them, you know, where do you think I fall on this scale? And, and if I'm being honest, I, I fall too far to the respect side. I, I'm, when I blow it, when I really mess up, I am too hard on myself sometimes. And, and obviously there's a certain amount of that that has to happen. When, when we make a mistake, when we sin, we have a certain amount of work that we now have to do. We have to look at the situation to try to understand why we sinned, um, what were the events that led up to it, and what's the plan for next time. When, when events start to conspire to, to lead us to that sin again, how are we going to change that? Um, because our ultimate goal needs to be repentance, to not just apologize for the sin, but to turn away from it. And... Once we make that plan, we then pray to God and we say, God, I blew it. I have this sin that I have to confess and I ask for forgiveness of it. And at that point, God forgives you of that sin. And at that point, if you then still feel guilt or anger or shame about this sin, it's no longer being put on you by God. You've already done what you're supposed to do to be forgiven of it, to make that plan to do better next time. If you're still feeling those, those negative emotions, you are pushing those onto yourself. And God doesn't benefit from those. He's already saying up there, I've forgiven and forgotten. I don't know what you're talking about. The only person who benefits from you being in that place is your enemy. And, and you are putting that onto yourself and you're, you're hindering yourself. So for me personally, I have to remember the love side of it. I, I have to remember these verses and, and tell them to myself to remember that there is forgiveness and there is grace, that we are not perfect, that no matter how hard we try and no matter what effort we put forward, there will always be times that we come up short. And the beauty of the two sides of God is that while I'm called to live the best life that I can, he understands and recognizes that it'll never be perfect and he'll always have that forgiveness for me. And maybe you, it's different. Maybe you, it's the opposite. On, on this side of the spectrum, you, you get so excited and, and, and happy and, and feel so good about the joy and the energy that, that God brings to your life that sometimes when sin comes up, we can think, well, there's grace for that. And that's true. It's, it's not wrong. But at the same time, it would be very ungrateful and disrespectful for us to treat grace so whimsically to not do the work that I talked about over here of understanding why we're sinning and what's leading us back to sin. Um, in, in Romans, Paul says, ask the question, shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Grace is a precious gift on this side, and, and God would never withhold that from anyone. But for us to take it so lackadaisically would be very disrespectful of us in our relationship with God. So I don't know where you fall in this balance. I don't know where you personally land. And, and probably most people in this room couldn't tell you where you land. It's going to take some, some introspective thought to figure out where that is. But the reason I, I talk about this balance is this is two halves of the relationship that we have with God. On this side, we've got warmth and love and comfort and support. And on this side, we have direction and authority and foundation and, and all of these structures that we need on this side. And when we begin to falter to one side or the other, we begin to lose connection to the benefits on the side that we step away from. And on any given day, we might need 
both or, or more of one or less of the other, of either side of this coin. And when we find a way to balance that relationship, when we find a way to center ourselves in this love and respect balance, we begin to reap both benefits. We have the love and support and comfort of God, but also the, the direction and the authority in our lives when things seem so chaotic that we don't know where to go next. We find a way to perfectly center ourselves to reap all the benefits of a balanced relationship with God. So I don't know where you fall on that scale, but I encourage you to think about that, to pray about that, to make sure that we're taking seriously the authority that God has in our lives, that when we hear him speak, we honor those words and we react to them, that we, we are moving in a direction that God wants to grow us, but at the same time that we're not living in fear of the man with the lightning bolts, that we recognize that there is love and mercy and joy and, and all of the warmth that that relationship can bring to us also. When we center ourselves into the middle of it, we take full advantage of the relationship that God wants to have with us. A relationship that's full of love and joy, but also courage and, and direction and structure. And, and it's our task as Christians to find that center, to align ourselves so that we get to benefit from both. That's truly what God would want for every person here. Let's pray. Lord, I come to you in prayer right now, and I thank you for every person in this room. I thank you for the relationship that, that's building with them. Lord, if it hasn't started yet, I thank you for the, the, the foundation that's beginning to be laid to understand what a relationship with you looks like. And as we build this relationship, God, I, help that, I, I ask that you would help us to, to find that center, to, to recognize the love and the joy in, in the relationship with God, but also to recognize the, the majesty and the power of who you are, of your goodness in comparison to, to what we sometimes fall short on. Not to degrade ourselves, but to elevate you to the, to the standard and the point that you are in our lives, that you're a pinnacle that we can focus on to always drive towards and that we'll never falter when moving towards that. I pray that you would help us understand better how to balance ourselves between both love and respect so that our lives can be full of the joys and the comforts and the excitement that your relationship brings, but that anytime our life should fall into chaos or disrepair, that, that you have the strength and the direction and the authority to push us through that, to get us through to the next step so that we know where we're going next. And we can't always see it all the way to the finish, God, but we know that when we live in balance with you, that, that our connection to you and, and our relationship with you will see us through whatever comes up next. Whatever the, the world can throw at us, we'll be prepared for by having a balanced relationship with you, God. I just pray that every person here would take a look at their own lives, God, would understand where they are a little bit better, and, and hopefully tomorrow and the day after and, and for years to come, that we'll continue to balance that relationship with you, to grow closer to you every day, to reap the full benefits of that relationship with you, to love you with all of our hearts and souls and strengths, but to respect you and to understand the power and the majesty and, and th that you possess over our lives and the world that we live in. I thank you for that comfort. I thank you for that strength, God. I thank you that, that you are both mom and dad. You are both power and love. And that we can bask in you every day. I pray that as we go about our weeks, God, that you would give us opportunity to think about these things and to better align ourselves with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this episode made a difference in your life. If you would like more information on giving your life to Jesus, visit us on the web at grace417.com.